At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, Walmart from Evo! Welcome to Walking Las Vegas for Ghosts and Ghosts with myself, Nike Peters, and now part of the Beast and Family Podcast. We've got an amazing podcast coming up for you. We're going to be joined in segment number two by one of our good friends, Sean Paul. He does tremendous work over at the Field of 68, hosting their mid-major show. He also does some great work with Mount West Wire, and he's going to be contributing this year with Action Network, taking a look at College basketball for them, specializing in all those mid-majors that we know and love. I believe that he actually put out a article about 40 or so hours ago taking a look at the MAC, and we are going to be taking a look at some of these impact injuries, how teams should be going about those. We also have to be addressing one of the big questions that we have. How do we gauge some of these, and I air quotes here, secret scrimmages, which I think is a stupid name because all the results of these scrimmages may become known, so they're not so secret secret scrimmages, but are there any takeaways to be had? Anything to the positive, to the negative? Are these things that we should be putting a lot of stock into? On top of that, we do have to talk about the fact that Cincinnati, they had Aziz Bandango along Jamile Reynolds, both get denied a waiver. What does that mean for them? And we're going to be diving in on some of the teams that he is feeling a little bit bullish and bearish on coming into the season as well. So we're going to have a great time there. Going to be another two-parter just because we got a few notes of college basketball that we've seen over the last 24 hours, but was it a ton? I will just briefly go over those here in segment number one. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at gnn underscore d1. Keep in mind, Larzium, name me does not matter. As per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. And with having all 32 conference previews already done, and if you miss any of those, wherever you download your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the list goes on and on. Just go down the list of podcasts uploaded. I make sure that every one of these specialized conference previews, it is labeled accordingly. So we've got you guys all covered there. And now in these final two and a half weeks leading up to the season, we're just taking a look at injury information. We're taking a look at just anything last second, especially these waivers. Like we are so awaiting whether or not Raekwon Battle is going to be able to take the floor night number one for West Virginia, things of that nature. So we are certainly keeping an eye there, but we are keeping an eye with regards to the injury front. As it sounds like Jalen Llewellyn, he's starting to be partaking in some more practices with Michigan. He missed so much of last season due to an injury. When he was at Princeton, he was a nice double-figure scorer, and he was expected to really be one of the top guys for Michigan. Now, I will say, when he went out of the fold and things went over to Doug McDaniel and he 
ran the show a little bit more. I honestly thought it was a little bit better for Michigan, so I don't see Jalen Llewellyn being anything more than more of an ancillary piece, even though all eight of the games that he played for Michigan last year, he was a starter, but only gave the team really seven points, about three assists per contest. Has never really been the most tremendous three-point shooter, I will say. 2021-22 season, did you more in the neighborhood of 38.5% from three-point range, but other two years he was at Princeton, he wasn't necessarily the world's most tremendous three-point shooter, so that is something to be keeping an eye on, but that would lend a little bit of depth to Michigan, and then this is one that I think is very much worth watching out for, as right now, Mark Sears, I believe it's some sort of a growing injury. It might be something else lower body related, but he is not going to be taking the floor for Alabama scrimmage that is going to be coming up a little bit later on during the weekend. A little bit questionable for the start of the season with Sears. He was a starter last year for an Alabama team that they lose so much from a season ago. You lose a bunch of guys that won the first round like Mr. Clowney. You certainly lose a lot of top flight talent there, so he is going to need to play a big role for this team. Last year averaged right around 12.5 points per contest on the mid-30s from three-point range, and we saw him really going to takeover mode when he was over at Ohio two seasons ago. 19.5 points, four assists, shot it well from three-point range, and he is going to be on a roster for Alabama that brings in quite a few guys from the mid-major level via the transfer portal. Aaron Estrada, who was so good at Hofstra last season, he was a guy that was able to give you 15-plus points and around five boards, five assists per contest. They're going to be looking to him quite a bit. Littrell right cell, a little bit more of an off-the-ball player that was able to register about 16 points per contest when it was at Cal State Fullerton. So these are the guys that are going to need to replace all that you had a season ago. Obviously, Brandon Miller, that's going to be tough to replace with the likes of Grant Nelson, who comes in from North Dakota State. So there's a lot of moving pieces for this Alabama team. So you would like to see a full allotment of guys out there. And having Mark Sears banged up, that's not necessarily the world's greatest sign for them. And then no news with regards to the front of the likes of Donovan Klingon, Tolu Smith, but those are a pair of injuries that are certainly on the radar. If you listened to the podcast yesterday, there's a lot of ACC injury information that I'm going to be diving in on as well as the days move along as well. So there's a lot to round up and there's a lot of question marks going into opening night and a man that always makes us smarter whenever he joins this podcast. That'd be our good friend Sean Paul. He is going to be joining me next. We're going to be diving in on something that seems like he's a little bit full of slash bearish on how to handle the results that we are seeing in these not-so-secret secret scrimmages. Is it anything that we should be taking away from them and so much more? And we're going to be chatting about that next with Sean right here on Coast Coast with myself, Greg and Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Sports betting innovative analytics has taken the guesswork and emotion out of sports betting to bring you an innovative and trustworthy resource to enhance your journey to becoming a winning player. With industry-leading money-back guarantee options backed by their sophisticated modeling, they want to introduce you to a system that's not widely seen or available to help you beat the bookmaker. Specializing in NBA, college basketball, and WNBA, your first week is always free. Get started at SBIA1.com today. Las Vegas for Custom Guest with myself, Greg Eames Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is great to be joined by this man as Sean Paul does tremendous work taking a look at the great game of college basketball over at a few different outlets. I know that he's been doing great work with the mid-major show over at the Field of 68 and did a great job helping out with the Almanac there as well. On top of that, I know that he's going to be doing a little bit of work over at Action Network and their college basketball coverage. I believe that he recently did a little bit of an article on the Mac. He's doing a great job mm-hmm. taking a look at all those underserved colleges, in my opinion. And to be able to follow <laughs> Sean on Twitter slash X, that's at Sean Paul CBB altogether. And that's S-E-A-N on Sean. And it's always great to have you aboard, my friend. Thank you. Thanks as always for having me, Greg. I had to join your side of things with the college hoops betting industry. So glad to be on this side of things. Absolutely. And what I have found is that the people I care most about major college basketball are the people are trying to make some money off of it. And I mean, anyone who is a fan of taking a look at college basketball and is a fan of these schools is a fan of mine. So, you mm-hmm. know what? That is always nice. And it is nice that we are getting set for the upcoming season with us being about two and a half weeks away. And the big thing that is happening right now is these, and I air quotes here, not so secret, secret scrimmages, which I don't know why they use the word secret for these because all the results become known. There's a lot of people that are able to view these. So I'm a little bit unsure now. Exactly. And now the word secret must have a different definition than it used to. Oh, I am right there with you because I'm wondering, it's like, I understand that it's a scrimmage. That's very accurate. The word secret, I'm not sure where they're gathering that from. But I mean, when it comes to these scrimmages, what do you take from some of these results? Because I do think that hyping up a team because it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, Boise State knocked off Cal by like 15 points or something like that. It's not where I now think that Cal is going to be a three-win team once again at Boise State. Is going to be like a top 25 bunch, but what do you take from some of these? Because I don't think that they're completely useless, but at the same time, they are very far from an end all be all. I mean, there's a couple ways you can look at these secret scrimmages. One is if you have an opinion on a team and they go in destroying these secret scrimmages, you can take an early victory lap. Not sure I would recommend that, but I'm not saying I haven't done it. 
And secondly, I also think you can take nothing from them at the same time, and that's totally okay. Because what it comes down to here, you're usually not playing your starters for the whole game. It's usually split up minutes. It's like a preseason game in, in the NBA or the NFL. And sometimes they'll play in quarters instead of halves. They'll do different timing. They'll do It's just completely different rules sometimes depending on what they do because the coaches are the ones deciding what happens to see what they want to get from their respective teams. I think you need to take it all with a major grain of salt. Like Jaden Epps scoring like 58 points or whatever happened for Georgetown. It's cool. I think he'll be a good player for Georgetown. Can you expect him to score 40-plus in a game this year? I wouldn't count on it. I mean, he's going to be playing against Big East starters. I'm not sure he's going to do that in a real game, but he should be a good player. You can take that and be like, hey, this is a guy that can clearly score the basketball, but if you think he's going to go lead college basketball in scoring, that's probably putting a little bit too much stock into what these secret scrimmages really are. Yeah, I'm right there with you, and I do think that it is interesting to take a look at the motivation of some of these coaches as well as Sean Paula does tremendous work over at the Field of 68 and Extra Network joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops because I'm sure that there are some of these coaches that they're taking it very seriously. They're taking it as if there is a season game that is going to be going on and they want this to be a good dress rehearsal, much like we used to see in the NFL, that preseason game number three back when they actually had four there would be a lot of teams that would take it seriously there. And then to your point, there are other coaches that they're just trying out different things. They're trying to see, okay, if I mix this guy with this guy and X lineup and everything like that. And I do think that that is very important to be taking a look at as well. Some of these rotations, because it does tell you a little bit about where some of these coaches are at, if they feel pretty secure about some of the guys that they've got. And if they're still trying to figure things out, especially these teams with a lot of moving parts. Yeah. And one that I always kind of go back to is a few years ago, Butler beat Purdue in one of these secret scrimmages. That was the year Purdue lost to St. Peter's. They were pretty good. I think they were number one maybe at one point in that year. And Butler, that was Laval Jordan's final season coaching college basketball for Butler. So I think that tells you about everything you need to know about some of these. I'm not going to drop a team in my rankings if they lose a game. I'm not going to put a team higher if they win a game. Some teams are going to try a little harder. I mean, what's the motivation factor, though? Like you said, these coaches have some motivation, probably. They want to teach good habits. But when you don't have a crowd to amp you up, probably feels like a COVID-era college basketball game. And you know that there's really nothing to play for. I mean, competitors are going to want to win no matter what. But when you know it's not actually going to matter, how much of your real effort are you going to put into the game? That's something I think you have to think about. Yep, it's like, whose line is it anyway? Everything's made up and the points don't matter, which was one of my favorite shows back in the day. But certainly I do think that there is a lot of question mark. You don't want to be hyping up a team just because they want a scrimmage. But I think that this is really one of the biggest deals that we've seen from college basketball over the last week or so because we are eyeing up some of these teams that have these two-time transfers that are trying mm-hmm. to get waivers, still waiting what happens with Raekwon Battle. That is a big question yeah. mark, but we got clarity with Cincinnati about 48 or so hours ago. Jamayo yeah. Reynolds and Aziz Pendango, and we say that one a little bit incorrectly, but the gentleman from Utah Valley, they both got denied their waivers. They are going to be appealing the NCAA, but I think that this is a big deal because I still think that Cincinnati is going to be feisty out there in the Big 12. I think that they're going to be very competitive. They're going to give it everything that they got, but at the same time, that, in my opinion, was pretty seismic for a Cincinnati team that I thought if both guys were out there, they could be a little bit of a sleeper in that conference and make some noise. Now with them out, not only does it hurt their defense and what they're going to be able to provide down low, but just their overall depth as well. 
I mean, to my count right now, and I'm not the best at counting, but I think Cincinnati, with these two not having waivers, they have nine scholarship players that will be on the floor this year. Three big men, Sage Tolentino, who I don't think played at all as a freshman. I think he redshirted. Odio Guama, super senior, and uh, Victor Locken, who's been a solid player the last couple of years. But that's not a super deep front court, especially defensively. Oklahoma's a solid defender, but Lockin, he's not super athletic, but he's a really good offensive player. Tolentino, I don't think we have any clue what he's going to provide. He was a top 100 guy, seven foot one. I think he's more of an offensive guy based on what I remember a couple of years ago. But they're going to need a scorer with their guards to be a good team. And I think that starts with Jizzle James, the son of Edgerin James, also known as Edgerin James Jr. But I mean, Jizzle is a great nickname. I love that. Mm-hmm. But him and Dan Skillings, who was also a pretty highly touted recruit, are going to have to step in and be major pieces this season, along with C.J. Frederick, the transfer from Kentucky, and Seamus Lukosius from Butler. That's a solid top four. I don't know if it's a good enough top four to finish top eight, top eight or nine in the Big 12, but it's not bad. They're going to win some games. But they needed those guys, Bandago and Reynolds, to get those waivers to really solidify their front court defense because both those guys are high-level defenders, and Wes Miller is a defensive first coach. His best teams at UNC Greensboro had elite defense, and he just doesn't quite have that this season. So it could be a bit of a growing pain season once again for the Bearcats. He's going to be such a big factor for this team, but no doubt about it for Cincinnati. I do think that they're going to be behind the eight ball with not being able to get those two guys out there on the court. And it is certainly something to be watching out for as shown to me on the show. We do have Sean Paul. He does tremendous work over at Action Network along the field of 68. And Sean, what we've got to be taking a look at as well, because now you are over at Action Network. You're probably going to be taking a lot more of a look at things game to game and we are mm-hmm. starting to hear about more and more injury concerns coming into the season because we've known about Donovan Clingens for a few weeks. We know that Mississippi State is going to be without Tolu Smith to begin the season. But what ones are you taking a look at the most? Because certainly those two are right there at the forefront. But I take a look at something like Mark Sears, the fact that he's dealing with a little bit of a groin issue. That is certainly that is something that is coming onto the radar. And I noticed over the last like 48 or so hours, it feels like the ACC in general has been hurt by a bunch of injuries. Tamari Monsanto is dealing with a little bit of a knee issue. I believe that Clemson has got a few guys, including Jack Clark, that are dealing with injuries as well. So I do think that there are a lot of teams that are coming in a little bit hobbled. And when it comes to the preseason, it's just so difficult to gauge these injuries because you're really relying upon coaches' comments. And coaches, as we know, they're not Mm -hmm. always the most truthful with these. Yeah, it's really tough to know what to take away from injuries at this point because you're going to have some that are long-term, like Tolu Smith. We know that he's going to be back sometime in conference play. But for a guy like Donovan Klingon, we don't know if he's going to play game one or if he's going to miss a couple games. I mean, you think about with college football just randomly, but Cam Rising, the quarterback for Utah, he's been out like all year, but people are questioning if he's going to play week one. Like nobody has any clue what's going on with injuries usually unless it's a long-term thing. But the two biggest ones that come to my mind right now are Tolu Smith at Mississippi State, like you mentioned, and Damari Monsanto at Wake Forest. Wake Forest, they've had a solid start under Steve Forbes, but they still haven't been able to get to the NCAA tournament. They were close a couple of years ago when they had Jake LaRabia and Alondis Williams, but last year they weren't close at all. They need to find a way to get to the NCAA tournament before people start changing their tune on Steve Forbes a little bit. I think he's a great coach, and Wake Forest is a tough place to win, but he needs to start finding ways to get to the tournament. I don't think this team has that, but if they get to the tournament, Monsanto has to be a big piece of that. 
because he's one of the best shooters in college basketball on a percentage basis, just watching him. Everything he does, the way he's able to come off screens, the way he's able to catch and shoot, he's just a pure shooter that is going to be a huge difference maker in the ACC. If he's out for a while, Abramo Kanka, the transfer from UCLA, he is from Italy. He's another guy, 6'7", can shoot the basketball. He should be able to fill in for Monsanto, but he's not a great replacement because there isn't really a great replacement for a guy like that because you know what he's going to do. Kanka isn't quite as experienced, but he's shown the ability to shoot the ball before. But Tolu Smith, I don't think there's a bigger injury in the country because this is a dude that was an all-SEC guy last year. I think he has an argument to be SEC preseason player of the year if he were healthy. And now we don't know when the dude's coming back. I mean, injuries have kind of hampered him throughout his career, which is unfortunate because he's such a talented player. Averaged 16 a game last year, eight or nine boards. But without him, where does this Mississippi State team go to score the basketball? Because last year they were the worst three-point shooting team in the country. Now they'll have a little more shooting with Andrew Taylor, Trey Fort coming in. But they'll need more from Shaquille Moore, freshman Josh Hubbard, Deshaun Davis, Taylor, and Fort, like I mentioned. They're going to have to score a lot more through their guards than they did last year because they were able to just dump it down to Smith. And a lot of times he was getting double teamed, but he still managed to make an impact, whether it's passing out of double teams and finding shooters that usually didn't make it or drawing fouls, just drawing the attention of defenses. Now you have Jimmy Bell, Jaquan Scott, Keyshawn Murphy. None of those guys are scorers like Tolu Smith is to where the defense has to pay a ton of attention to him. That shooting has to turn around quickly or Mississippi State could be in trouble when it comes to making the tournament. Oh, I'm right there with you because I was very bullish on Mississippi State prior to the Tolu Smith injury because I did think that there was nowhere to go but up. And I say that very, very literally because there were 363 D1 teams last year. They were 363rd in three-point shooting percentage. We lost two teams and we gained one. So by default, they are going to be better in terms of their ranking for three-point shooting percentage. So there's a glass half Have you ever seen a team that was that bad consistently shooting-wise from three and the free throw line? I remember a game last year. I forgot what it was, but it was like a 55-50 to game. They missed like 12 free throws. But have you ever seen a team that was that bad shooting from three and the free throw line make the tournament? Like, I honestly can't remember one that was that bad. I mean, it's really, really rough to say the least. I really can't think of one off the top of my head. I'm sure that if I really scoured through the archives, I could find a team from the 1980s or something like that. But boy, I mean, it was really Not bad. recently. Yeah, not recently, to say the least. So I am in lockstep with you there. But I do think that out there in the SEC, because I do think that if they are able to get Tulu Smith back when it comes to conference play, there is going to be a little bit of room to improve. And I'm not sure how you take a look at that conference as a whole, but I do think that with the SEC, it is a conference in which, with regards to the top teams, it is very, very tightly knit. Like, I've got Tennessee Mm -hmm. as my number one team, but I don't necessarily think that they're a Final Four contender. And then you've got the likes of, like, Auburn, who I think is going to be relatively solid. I think that you're going to be able to see some pretty good results from Alabama, despite the fact that they lose a bunch of pieces. Texas A&M, Kentucky, Arkansas, you go down the list. It just feels like it's a tightly knit conference. And if Tolu Smith is able to come back for conference play, I think that there's room for Mississippi State to be able to ascend. If not, they could be finding themselves towards the bottom of that logjam. No doubt. I mean, but the SEC, the good thing about what Mississippi State has is even if they struggle in non-conference play and then get Tolu Smith back in early January, they're going to have plenty of opportunities to pick up quality wins to still make the tournament. I mean, look at what Vanderbilt did last year. That team was terrible. 
for the first couple months of the year. And I don't want to hear any argument that they should have made the NCAA tournament. They should not have. But some Vanderbilt fans tweeted that at me last week. No, they should not have made the tournament. Did they really improve? And they were one of the better teams in the SEC over the last month? Absolutely. But that's kind of what the SEC presents you with. Chances to improve your NCAA tournament resume and still have a chance to get there, even if you are unimpressive in the non-conference slate. That said, going back to something you said about Tennessee, maybe not being a Final Four caliber team, if there's any team in this league that is a Final Four caliber team, I think it's Tennessee. I don't know that there is a team. I mean, Arkansas, too, I think has a good argument for it because I think their shooting is so much improved from last year. But the way I have the SEC ranked is A&M one but I don't think they're a Final Four team. I think they're a safe pick to be number one in the preseason, but I think when it comes down to it, Arkansas and Tennessee will be the best teams in this league because you get Zakai Ziegler back at some point for Tennessee. He's not going to be there right now. You don't know what you're going to get from Trayvon Brazil coming off an injury. Uh, Khalif Battles dealt with some injuries. So when Arkansas is healthy and they're able to get that cohesion, I think Arkansas has a chance to be the best team in this league because you have Brazil who's an NBA guy. You have L. Ellis, who's a really good scorer. Tremont Mark, I think he's got a little more to his game than he showed at Houston. He's going to be more of a focal point here. The front court is the question for me, though. How do you play at the five? Dennis J. Harris should be a good defender, but he's more of a four. Jalen Graham, Eric Musselman's talked really highly about him. Chandler Lawson, Makai Mitchell, by fall. I think we're going to see some split minutes from them in the early part of the season but when it comes down to it Musselman will probably pick two that he likes my guess is it's probably Graham and Mitchell that he kind of leans on but uh, I think when it comes down to it Tennessee and Arkansas will be the two best teams in this league but I don't think we're going to see like four SEC teams in the Sweet 16. I think this is a really good conference but I think the top 9-10 could make the tournament but I don't think it's very top heavy I think it's good but not great if that makes sense oh that makes total sense and i sort of read it the same way as well i think that you're going to get a few teams into the sweet 16 but i don't think that you're going to be getting to your point a whole ton of teams being able to make that deep of a run and sean i know that we've been talking a lot about some of these teams dealing with key injuries what have you but let's take a look at where you truly shine with regards to the major front end as you've been researching the last few weeks as you've been getting set for the upcoming season. Is there a team or two that you feel like a lot of people are sleeping on that you're very bullish on and you can see surprising a lot of people this year? I'll go one high major, one mid major. How about that? All right. The high majors. And I feel like this pick like a week ago would have been a little more of a hot take. And if you know me, you know, I like my takes sometimes. Stanford is like 43rd in Ken Palm. I was a little disappointed by that because for the last couple months, I've said, hey, this is a top five team in the SEC. I don't care that Jared Hass is continually disappointed as the head coach. This team is super talented. You look at Jared Bynum, he gives Stanford something they haven't had since Tyrell Terry, a true point guard that is going to contribute to winning. And that's no disrespect to a guy like Michael O'Connell or Isael Silva. I think both are really solid players. But both were asked to do too. I mean, Silva was dealing with a lot of injuries, but O'Connell was asked to do a lot because I don't think many expected him to come in and do a whole lot, especially right away. And then he's starting as a freshman. I just think he was asked to do too much too early. He'll be a fine player at NC State off the bench. But Jared Bynum, this is a guy that started a lot of games for Providence. That Providence team that made the Sweet 16 or Elite 8, I forgot which one they made. I think Sweet 16. They lost to Kansas. He's a starter for that team. He's a great shooter, great facilitator, doesn't make a ton of mistakes. Can get a little too shot happy at times, but that's what you live with. But he is just such a good facilitator that he'll make guys like Maxime Reno better 
He'll make Brandon Angel better. Spencer Jones, who's already an all-league guy last year. Michael Jones, who can shoot the basketball. And then you have to think about the top recruits they bring in, Andre Stojakovic and uh, Cannon Carlisle, two top 50 recruits. Stojakovic, a five-star guy. Carlisle, borderline five-star guy. The depth isn't amazing, especially in the front court, but I like the shooting. I like the playmaking from Bynum. Carlisle should be a solid backup point guard. Maybe they play together at some point, him and Bynum. But I think the Stanford team is making the NCAA tournament this year. Jared Haas keeps his job for the next couple of years. And then the mid-major team, I'm going to say Austin P. I don't think they're going to win the A-Sun. I think that's Eastern Kentucky. And there's a lot of talented teams in this conference, like Bellarmine, FGCU. I don't expect Kennesaw State to be terrible after losing a bunch of pieces and their head coach. But I think Austin P. is a lot better than they're getting credit for. That front court's not good. Let's call it what it is. Jordan Wilmore, 7-3. I don't think he's going to be great. He wasn't at Northwestern State or Missouri. So they're going to have some trouble defending the rim and rebounding. But when you look at these guards, guards can win you games. And they have a lot of them. Demarcus Sharp could be the best player in this league. Isaac Haney, he can shoot it. Desi Jones from Quinnipiac coming in. And then you have Jamonta Black, who's another elite shooter. And I've heard really good things about Des White, the freshman. I don't know how much he'll play as a freshman, but long term, I think a lot of people think he could be the guy. So this is a team that I think can finish top five in the conference. They were 11th in the preseason poll. They're a team I would look to back early in the season if you can get some favorable spreads on them. Don't expect them to do a whole lot of rebounding, but they can score the basketball. You have no doubt about it. They can, and they bring over all those guys from Northwestern State, so you've got good chemistry there, and that's always something I take a look at towards being part of the season. We saw with Southern Miss, they brought in Mm -hmm. a pair of guys in Felipe Haas and Naftali Alvarez from Mercer. Certainly, they didn't bring over the coach, but at the same time, when you've got multiple transfers coming in from the Mm -hmm. same school, I always think that that's a big advantage for teams, and what is always a big advantage of this podcast is getting great guests aboard, and Sean, you're one of the best out there. You do amazing work taking a look at this game that we all know and love of college basketball every single time you join this podcast. You've learned tremendous insights, so let the good people at home know what's on tap for you and how people are able to follow along on social media and other platforms. You can follow me on Twitter, like Greg said earlier, at Sean Paul CBB, S-E-A-N, uh, on the first name, of course. I just started doing some stuff for Action, did my Mac preview, SoCon is another one I did that will be going up soon. So make sure you pay attention to those. There's some good values in there for future bets, if that's your thing. I don't think Greg's huge on futures, right? You're not a big futures guy? Not really. All right. But if you are a big futures guy, go to my Twitter page and you'll find some insight on them. But I also said which teams you could back early in the season. So make sure you pay attention to that. Other stuff I'll be doing, the mid-major show with the Field of 68, joined by Brian Burton this year. Great guy. We're going to have some fun on that podcast. So make sure you pay attention to everything I got going on. And as always, thank you, Greg, for bringing me on. Always great to be able to have Sean aboard. He does a tremendous job taking a look at this game that we all know and love of college basketball. Plays a lot of respect to the mid-majors that are able to make us so much money throughout the season as well. And every single time he joins me, he always has impeccable insight. So big thanks to Sean for joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you do have a question, comment, segment, idea, what I have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at gnn underscore one. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean does not matter, so as per usual. Please just send these into the timeline. Other way to sign an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. And 
We have gotten done all of our conference previews. All 32 conferences have a specialized conference preview edition of Coast to Coast Hoops. Feel very proud about that. We are about two and a half weeks away from the start of the college basketball season. We're just highlighting as many angles as humanly possible. I do want you guys to send in those questions if you have them, so that way I can get you guys set for what I think is going to be the most tremendous year of college basketball and college basketball betting ever. The whole goal of this show is to be able to make you guys money, so please do fire in those questions. I am so amped up for the start of the season. Always appreciate you guys listening, and I'll be back with you guys every single day, regular season and offseason, and I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.